All right, folks, it is nine o'clock. It's Sunday night. It is the Crack House podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Michael Sullivan. Joining me as always, my buddy, Chris Musky Muscolino. What's up, dude? Hola, Miguel. Hola, crackheads. What's up, boys? Yeah, crackheads. We love you guys. Please like, subscribe, tell everybody, share the show. Getting some good feedback lately. I talked to a couple of people the other day. They were really really like the show i just tell them like subscribe and share the show that's all appreciate it man everybody i speak to same deal man we always get uh you know a warm uh and good compliments you know the show seems to be growing and going the right way um me and mike are going to definitely try to move it forward this year we're going to try to get a lot more guests on you know uh going to little different topics get a lot more people involved you know, the goal is eventually to, you know, you know, get this show mainstream, you know, picked up maybe by a, a large entity, hopefully somewhere down the road. Um, we appreciate everybody who's been along for the ride so far, you know, from the very beginning. I just hope that we uh, don't get censored by Mr. Neil Young today, Mike. <laughs> well, he's not going to listen to the show anymore, from what I heard, if we keep uh, if we keep talking. But uh, yeah, Neil Young, we'll start off with him. Oh, get rid of rogan or i'm not gonna you can take my songs off spotify i dude, dig that, neil young man i, I love I, really it. Do. I, I love neil uh, young too great singer great songwriter but i mean dude you, you're way past your prime one two spotify has invested over a hundred million dollars in joe rogan what did they invest in you <laughs> neil come on man Come on. Look, I had, listen, I understand where he's coming from, but here's the deal, man. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, for a guy that, you know, I posted on Twitter the other day. So for a guy that's singing about rocking in the free world, the song that I just played, you know, you're making a stand and you're kind of trying to silence someone else's opinion, you know, um, right, wrong or indifferent. And, you know, look, I, I admire him. I mean, he kind of put his money where his mouth is, you know, he took himself off Spotify, oh, but he's he, does he really need Spotify though to get paid? No, but it's a lot of money, Mike. It's 76%, you know, uh, of his revenue that's coming in at this point. So it's, a, it's a lot. Well, what's I don't think he needs though, it. Right? I don't think he needs it, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I admire him. What I don't admire is, you know, again, you know, you're singing about freedom and stuff and you're singing about, you know, you know, defiance and stuff. And now, you you know, really, you're trying to use your, your cloud to silence another individual. You know, it just. Hey, hey, man, it's all virtue signaling, man. You know, Neil Young net worth. Let's let's see how much he needs Spotify. He's worth two hundred million dollars. This is nothing <laughs> to him. 
According to this celebrity net worth, Neil Young is worth 200. Million. He doesn't give a shit. This was just, you know, hey, I want to be on the right side of everything. I mean, this is the same thing. Did you did you see the other tweet? Uh, the, the like Twitter war between the husband and wife on uh, Cheryl Hines and RFK Jr. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even that, know she was married to him. I didn't. I kind of knew, but it, it just whatever. But I mean, she basically just put her husband on blast, man. Which is fine, man. I mean, listen, you but can have different opinions. I mean, but it just I also I, I, I think a lot of that, too, has to come from that. You know, she wants to work in Hollywood. She wants oh, yeah, to work yeah. in a very liberal business. She has to get out in front. Like somebody probably called her up like a publicist or an agent or a manager and said, listen, did you see what your husband just did? This is what you have to do right now. That's exactly what happened. Oh, I agree, Mike. I agree. It's just, you know, I just got off the phone with a longtime buddy of mine from college and we were just talking about it. It's just like we beat this into the ground. You know, I just... I'm real afraid, you know, in terms of censorship in this country, you know, it's one thing to have a tech company and, you know, silence people because blah, 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 it's your company and blah, blah, blah. I understand that. But when you go out of your way to like really silence differing opinions, I mean, it feels like, you know, I hate saying it, but it's like almost how light, you know, Taoism light, you know, as far as like one party, one narrative, if you don't subscribe to one train of thought, whatever the topic may be, you get silenced. And, you know, good for Rogan because Rogan right now is the biggest show in America. He's got 11 million listeners to his show. He dwarfs CNN, you know, which has got about 800 to 900,000 viewers daily. And, uh, you know, like you said, he signed this huge contract with Spotify. You know, good for Neil. You know, he stood up for what he believes in. But, you know, again, not so good for Neil, you know, trying to silence someone else. And, uh, you know, we saw it last year with the silencing of the president, you know, the sitting president at the time from social media. We saw Congress people taking off, you know, the internet. If you criticize anybody, if you say anything, again, that's not mainstream narrative, whatever it may be, you know, you're shut down and it's scary. It really is. You know, I just, I didn't really expect that kind of line of thought from this guy. You know, I get it. He's left, you know, he's a left wing guy, but yeah, listen, there's a lot of left wing guys that believe in freedom and freedom of speech and discourse and differing of opinion and thoughts, you know? Well, yeah, that's the same way. I was pretty, I mean, Obviously, RFK Jr., big Democratic family. He's right. coming out very anti-vax. And listen, man, when your father and uncle get blown away and everyone says it's a CIA conspiracy, I'd probably be a conspiracy nut, too, which is what he kind of like came out as. That's how they're painting him right now as this giant conspiracy guy. But like I said, when when your father was killed by a guy who said someone brainwashed me to do this, you know, maybe, you know. Maybe you do lean towards conspiracies then after that, you know, maybe if if they had the Warren Commission, you know, redact how many thousands of pages of documents not to tell the truth about how your uncle got murdered. Maybe I'd be a conspiracy guy, too. Chris, I can't hear you at all. No sound whatsoever. All right, folks, we are back. There was some slight technical difficulties, but uh, everything is back in effect. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Miguel. So, yeah, we were talking about conspiracy theory stuff, and I think we talked about it last week. Oliver Stone's got the uh, new uh, he's got a two hour and a four and it's going to be like a four hour documentary revisiting like the JFK uh, 
assassination again. I don't know if I want to see it. I don't know if I want to watch. Like, I've seen so many shows about it. Like, what? what is this really going to... You're either going to believe it or you're not. You either believe it, I think, at this point, or you don't believe it. I think if you're at a certain age already. So it's like, you know, does he Listen, really have man, to I just really visiting it? I just really wish, you know, again, you know, we could kind of move away from, like, just labeling everything that's not mainstream as a conspiracy theory. I mean, some of it is, but every single thing can't... It can't be one way, like, for every single idea, every single narrative. And you can't silence people, man. I mean, whatever... You know, listen, this country was built on free speech. You know, the first, you know, the Bill of Rights and stuff. It seems like we're getting away from that, man. It really does. It's scary times. It really is. Yeah, but you I know? think, too, man, listen... Especially if we're just going to use, if you use Joe Rogan as the example, listen, man, it, let's just say Spotify dropped him. That guy is on another network in, in, oh, in, in a heartbeat. And that's seconds, why he didn't get canceled. Or he's opening right. or, or he's starting his own media platform, which I think he actually said is kind of in the works right now. I think they're working on something like that where he wants to get his own network, basically. So we'll see. Hey, listen, I think he's going that direction, but like, you know, me and Michael had an episode of the of the podcast, probably our most popular one taken out last year. We were talking about QAnon. We were pretty objective, I thought. The thing got flagged within a minute or two, you know, from Mike posting it. It was a whole part of Wikipedia blurbs, all sorts of thing. You know, I just, I spoke to Mike at the time and I was just boggled that, you know, you know, a company as big as YouTube would look at a podcast as small as we are and really never give us a hard time but within a span of like just maybe it was the title, whatever, the thing got flagged. There was all sorts of blurbs, disclaimers, da da da. We've never had a problem really since, but you know, just it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, if you're not Rogan, if you're not a big celebrity, if you're not if you don't have a ton of money in this country, you know, you run the risk of getting silenced. I mean, look at Robert F. Kennedy. I was in the middle of saying that before we ran into the technical difficulties. Um, you know, on his Wikipedia it says American environmental lawyer, author. And conspiracy theorist. Now, this is Robert Kennedy. This guy's in the government. You know, he's you know, he's he's a lawyer. You know, and because he has a differing opinion on the vaccine, he's a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, well, it's like anything. Then you start to believe the conspiracy of like, all right, go back to like the JFK stuff, where anyone that started to come out against it, they tried to discredit immediately. Like the guy right. Jim Garrison that came out, he was he was cheating on his wife and he was corrupt and this and that. So I mean, hey, I'm mean, listening. I get it. It's been going on for a long time. It just gets real scary, Mike. You know, I'm concerned about the organs of the uh, of the thing. I'm not an anti-vax guy. I'm a science guy. I believe it. But again, that's just my personal opinion. I'm not going to look at anybody differently because they decide not to take it. You know, I don't believe in shaming people or you know putting you know them on their deathbed and you know. Like Howard Stern just said, you know, I really wish that uh, Meatloaf came out and his family came out and said, I really wish I would have taken the, the vaccine. Howard, stop, man. You know, come on, man. Let the guy live, you know, rest in peace, bro. I mean, you know, it, it's shit like that. It's just a turnoff. You know, it really is. Um, I don't really know where it ends up, you know, as far as what the end game is for people or where we're going with this whole thing. But it's scary, man. You know, something like this is pretty scary. Um, it was scary last year when the president got censored. It's scary when the Congress people got taken off Twitter and Facebook. And look, I get their private companies and all. Um, 
but there has to be a discourse, man. There has to be. Yeah, you're gonna have, get, you know, you gonna have you know, free speech in this country, or you're not. Yeah, people something. get. Yeah, you get slaughtered by the other side, and that's it. Um, what else were we talking about? What else did we have on the? I list? watched a lot of stuff the last couple of days, Mike. I um I saw the new episode of The Mandalorian uh, or the Boba Fett show, which basically seems like it was the first episode of season three of The Mandalorian. Um. You know, we talked about Boba Fett being a snooze fest, but the last episode was pretty decent. I checked out a series called um, The After Party on Apple TV. Have you heard of that? Oh, I heard about it. Yeah. Is that with Tiffany Haddish? It is. It's with uh, James Franco's kid brother. Um, Dave. Dave Franco. A um, couple no names. Pretty interesting series. It's ba basically about uh, these people. Uh, who are at their 15th year uh, high school reunion. I guess this guy looks like Vanilla Ice, the Franco character, gets gets murdered at this at this party. It's pretty funny. Um, it's worth a shot. If you have Apple TV, I would definitely check it out. Um, what else did I say? I started watching Ozark. I know we talked about that off air. Um, you've gone through it a little bit more than I have at this point. I think you said that you've watched I'm, four, I'm, four seasons. Yeah, I'm up to the fourth season. I'm like three in. I think this is the last season anyway. It's the fourth season. They broke it up into two parts. Parts. <clears throat> I like the show. It's it's good because it's kind of like it seems like it's also kind of like losing its leg because it's, it's one of those shows like a Breaking Bad, I guess, or The Walking Dead, where it's like, how much trouble can they get out of? And that's been my problem lately with too many shows. They just keep getting in deeper and deeper and deeper and then Boom, they get out of it. And then it's another three episode or four episode arc of getting in deeper, 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 boom, out of it. And like Ozark definitely goes through that through the through the seasons. Um, it's a great I, I do like the show. Uh, Jason Bateman's great. Laura Linney's character goes through basically like a uh, complete transformation from the first season up until like the end. Um the kids are actually pretty good in it. They, they get uh, bigger roles as the season goes on. Um, it's a, it, like I said, it's a good show. Check it out. Uh, what else did I watch? I, I'm trying to keep up with uh, Peacemaker still. It's not bad. It's it's a, it can be a slow burn some episodes, but I I kind of like the way they went with it. They just they just let's just make this funny. Let's just make it a goof. But. Uh, you know, I've watched the four episodes. I, did they come out with the, the, the new episode yet? She's, I think, uh, yeah, the new one's out. I haven't watched it. I watched maybe 10 minutes of it. Like I said, my take on it, initially I wasn't impressed. You know, a little, uh, like I said, Cena running around his underwear was a little too too much for me. Um, it had its moments. It was, you know, you know, they're funny guys. They've done it pretty well. Like you said, I think it's a good take, you know, and going the comedic route with it. Um, I'll definitely check out the fifth one. I've kind of caught up to uh, I'm up to speed with the righteous gemstones um, pretty much almost at the end of the second season at this point. That's pretty funny. I, you know, again, I think Danny McBride is hysterical. Um, I tell you, you know, I, I love John Goodman on the show. I think he's great. Goodman's as hysterical. I mean, he's Goodman's always hysterical. been I, I, I lost a little respect for him when the whole Roseanne thing went down. Like, I thought he would have quit the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, and she made his career. I mean, he was bopping around as like a, a, a character actor, I guess you would call it. But 
I mean, that show oh, made that show made him. She made him. And but like you said before with Cheryl Hines, you know, at the end of the day, you know, she was getting canceled. She was on the downslope. She was on the ropes. And I really think that anybody associated with her was going down as well. And I think he probably made a career choice. I mean, but, you know? yeah, but he also he's another guy. I bet if we look him up, he's another two hundred million dollar guy. How much more money does John Goodman need? Absolutely. You know, walk away. I mean, walk away. I Because he, he definitely would have gotten the Righteous Gemstone show. Yeah, I agree. He walked away because they probably wanted him. You know, he was written. They wrote that part probably specifically for him. So. No, I agree. You know who else was in it? That guy. Um, He was in the shield. Uh, The guy with the big teeth. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Walton Goggins. He's good, man. I like him. He's a funny dude. Like you caught up to everything. He's a very, very funny guy, man. He is a funny guy. And he's very versatile, too. Yeah, he he won an Academy Award for like he produced like a short film or some shit like that. I really disliked him in the shield towards the end. Did you ever watch the shield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got all, you know, he became a rat at the end. You know, he fucking. I really didn't like him. You know, there's some characters like towards the end, like I know you never. I know you never watch Breaking Bad, but there's Walter White's brother-in-law who's he's, I guess, in the drug enforcement agency out in New Mexico. And he he's kind of chasing Walter White Heisenberg, who's like his Moby Dick. And towards the end, he's you know, obviously his brother-in-law. Towards the end of the series, he becomes not likable. You know, he is a very dislikable character, even though he's supposed to be a good guy. He's a cop. You know, he's going after Walter White, you know. Has there been any like TV series or like movies like you feel like a character that was really good, but like towards the end of it, whether it be a TV show or a movie, you really grew to dislike? Um, you know, like a, you like can a go really, in, you, you can go yeah. into like some of the characters on like Walking Dead towards the end. Like I didn't care about Rick Grimes anymore. I, I don't know if I hated him, but it just I just gave up on him. <laughs> I didn't care. Like, I didn't care what happened to you. I didn't care what happened to your kid. I didn't care what happened to anyone in your group anymore. Because <laughs> the show just kept on like droning on and droning on. Um, a and, like, char- you never watched Breaking Bad. I've never watched The Walking Dead, which I probably at some point will go, we'll get into. It, even it, though I'm not. It's, it's another one of those things that I hate. The show just kept going on and go- it was like just die already. Get right, right. Zombies. I guess one character who I guess you get like a love hate relationship with the guy is Tony Soprano. There's plenty of episodes you love him, but then you watch him when he kills Christopher. You're like, this guy's a piece of shit. He shows what a real piece of shit he is. Well, you know, the the flip side was, you know, he saw that there was no out with Christopher towards the end, you know, that he was a really risky drug addict. He was a detriment. You know, he probably was going to turn state against him at some point. And really, he had, you know, we talked about like, the, you know, the little car seat in the back, you know, I think really just set him off. He saw it as a way out. But yeah, I could see, you know, I mean, you could look at it as, yeah, he's a piece of shit. He killed his nephew, you know, along with other people as well. But Yeah, I mean, yeah. How many characters? Think about the guy. who We'll, we'll go back to, uh, we'll, we'll bring it full circle. The guy who plays John Cena's father. Look at the way he just kept fucking giving that guy a line of credit. And he got that guy into a point where he had to sell his business. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. guy was had a gambling problem. Robert Patrick's character, the, the sporting goods store guy. Yeah. But again, Tony explains it to you. He explains it as, you know, the, the scorpion and the frog. He goes, you know what I am. You know, you, you, you know, it's like, 
you know, for people who like, just or hate, yeah, but that's you know, also too like, just cause you say you're a bad guy, you're still a fucking bad guy. You're still a piece of shit. Just cause you admit. I that understand that. I guess the point, the, 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 I, the way I took it was, look, if you think I'm a bad guy, it's fine. If you willingly get involved with me, knowing that I'm a bad guy, just be, you know, clear. I may still be a bad guy, but you should be prepared for the, for the, you know what? Yeah. You know, the ramifications, you know, what's going to happen. Obviously. Right. It's just like when you break the law, I could get arrested. Okay. We know that. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of like some shows, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Like we were talking about uh, the Hugh Hefner TV show coming out. Dude, like I was, we were talking about that off air. That seems like really, really interesting. Oh, you know what, man? It seems, it seems like a lot of these young girls that he had around him, his little, harem of women it seems like they are all having like buyer's remorse now like yeah he was a dirty old man no shit <laughs> what did you expect yeah, yeah. That, that's a scorpion and a frog right there you know I mean. like this is a he was just a, but i mean supposedly he was just really into like some raunchy shit supposedly yeah. he, bang, he was banging dogs no he was forcing the girls to to, to get involved in bestiality I thought like he, he had one girl like give a, a dog a blow job, just real demented type stuff. Yeah, look, we could go to the aviator for a second. Leonardo DiCaprio's character. That dude was a real humdinger in real life. Have you ever read about that guy? Yeah, he pissed in bottles and wore dude, Kleenex he on his feet. That guy. I mean, I'll... yeah, but he Listen, was like man. a uh, hermit. He was like a hermit at yes. the end of his life. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Howard Hughes. Another guy where really, really, I mean, if you've ever read anything about that guy besides the movie, there's really some stuff that they didn't even go into, like in the movie. It's just <laughs> wild, wild stuff. But this thing seems pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, it's going to go into like the wives and the girlfriends. You know, they're talking about like some of these girls, like sex slavery and stuff, how like he entrapped them and shit that I don't buy. Well, um, I mean, these were all girls, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are like from the Midwest not you know i'm not gonna say they were all dumb and stupid but they had that wholesome uh, they, they'd never probably seen anything like that when they got to that mansion and just saw the complete debauchery that was going on i mean from what it sounds like from anything you've ever heard about that playboy mansion if you were a rich successful guy it was like your your playland you just went there and just got to just have your pick of the litter I mean, who is the who is the one guy? James James Khan, supposedly was like living. I mean, that guy supposedly just went through everything there. Who was it Scott Bayo? I think was another guy that was always there. There were all these Hollywood. I mean, let's let's be honest. We all bought Playboy at one time in our lives, and remember, like in the in the beginning of the. I mean, that magazine had so many goddamn articles in it. There was hardly any like actually naked. There was maybe like two or three pictorials of like naked women. But yeah, the rest of it right. was all articles. Right. Yeah, but like yeah. those articles in the front, remember those pictures they would show at like the uh, the Playboy Mansion pictures, and it would just be like every a almost every a list celebrity hanging out in there with two girls on each arm. I mean, listen I for a for a porn I'm, rag, I'm a, it was a, it, it yeah. was the classier of the porn rags. Like you know, you had that, and oh, then, it was the top tier, you know, right? Then you had Penthouse and the yeah. other crap that used to see Hustler. at the smoke shop underneath, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, remember that smoke? Yeah, the whack packs. <laughs> the smoke but the smoke shop was this place right near uh 
the picture that I have in my background, you know, uh, right next to Frankie's, the pizzeria, like in uh, that I show once in a while on the show. There was this place. It was a newspaper place that where you'd go in there. There was some Indian dude who used to run it. And they would sell like tobacco and shit. But like they had all sorts of newspapers, magazines and stuff. I'm sure every town's hat, you know, has their version of it. But, um, you know, you'd go in there and it's like, you know, in, in the porn section, you'd always have like these creepy creepy dudes lurking around and oh yeah it was a giant like porn section with and then he had like movies on top if you want right. to buy those but like every magazine and then, like we used to call them the whack pack where it was like <laughs> three for like six bucks and it was like the weirdest kind of name magazine you know like big butt leg show all oh, those magazines wacky like, wacky three stuff. of those put together um but yeah playboy was always the top but remember too like playboy always got the celebrities you know, like no other. Ma- I mean, maybe Penthouse every now and again would get a celebrity, but even their celebrities weren't that great. No, it wasn't as good as uh, Playboy got the top notch stuff. I mean, I yeah. remember I remember the Jessica Hahn story that Howard Stern went crazy with. How many times did he have her on? Yeah. Um, she did Playboy like Marla Maples three. was on there. Remember yeah, back in the day? Um, a lot even, of people- I think they even focused on Jessica Rabbit, the cartoon from uh, yeah. Roger Rabbit, you know, um, the- they did a, you know what the big thing I remember too in like the nineties was, it was like female celebrities whose careers were pretty much on the downslide, and they were looking for like a quick pick me up, like Alyssa, dude, Alyssa Milano did Playboy, yeah, Drew, Drew Barrymore, um, Mimi Rogers, it was all like these celebrities. You know, it was where, an institution. I yeah. mean, definitely when we were growing up. I mean, you know, I mean, call it what it is. Like you said, I think just think it's you know. You know, how, how long has this guy been dead for? Five, ten years at this point? Maybe more? Yeah. You know, it just seems now, you know, five, ten years after the fact well, that this guy's I, dead, you're coming I, out? I, I mean, I think, too, the magazine is, like, pretty much over with. People, like, people are probably just looking, like, how do we cash in on this guy still? It's always about money. There's always a money grab somewhere. So someone's looking to make money off this guy. You know, maybe the wife, maybe one of his wives, maybe one of his kids, because I don't even think they do the. They don't even do the magazine, I think, anymore. No, I, I don't think so I think either. It's, just, I think it's all like online or whatever. Yeah, the guy's dead. He's dead less than five years, this guy. And now all of a sudden you're coming out and, you know, talking about, like you said, it, it was probably it, it's probably money driven on some level. I mean, obviously, you know, they're probably I mean, what do you do? You're going to sue the estate. I mean, write a book. I guess that's really what's coming at this point yeah. now. I mean, now the big thing, too, is like the uh, like what they're doing, the, the the miniseries show. Oh, this is what happened. Right. Why? Why? Buy, no one. I mean, even this know? woman, Holly Madison, who is his, his wife and stuff. I mean, come on. She was in her 30s. This guy was like close to 80 when he when he got married to her or yeah. in his 80s. Come on again. Scorpion and the frog. You know what you're getting into. This guy's a rich, wealthy old dude. And she's like, she's making comments like, oh, the sex was disgusting. Oh, no, duh. I mean, I harken back to like uh, Big Dad with Adam Sandler, you know, when he finds his girlfriend, you know, hooking up with uh, the old dude. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, it's old balls and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Old balls. Yeah. (laughs) What do you you know? What do you expect? I mean, there's a trade off. You're young. You you know, you're very attractive. He's an old dude with a lot of money. I mean, there's a give and take, man. I mean, I drove like I, some of this. I, I actually drove up to the Playboy Mansion. They wouldn't let us in, though. There was a guy I went to school with at St. John's. He used to go there religiously. I don't know how he got in there, but 
he was telling me some stories, you know, um, years ago, he's got pictures on Facebook and stuff. I should ask him about it, but, um, it's, it had to be wild. It just had to be like your wild. It it had to be your like wildest fantasies. He's got some pictures of like girls running around, like in Indiana Jones hats and stuff. Everybody's in costume. He said it was like, um, at least from what I can remember, at least he was saying it was like a cross between like the old place, the limelight in the city and like the body bun and mixed in with like a strip club or like rolled into one. Really? You know, he's like I, I, I would chicks think- running around like with different costumes and uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I could see yeah. it's a lot of I see I could see like the party starts out where it's just like girls in bikinis and ha ha running around. Right. And then it's just the night progresses. The bikini craziness. The, yeah, then the debauchery hit. Supposedly he had the place was huge. Supposedly that he had all these different type of like sex rooms. Yeah. And I heard I've heard other like celebrities talk about that have been there. And he, he just had tons of rooms with bedrooms. And he goes, You'd be at these parties, you hook up with a girl, and he goes, The next thing you know, you're in one of these bedrooms. <laughs> wow. It, I mean, it just had to because you might think about it. You're a twenty something year old guy, you're you know, you got a hit TV show, and it's like here, man, go have fun. <laughs> Take your pick. I don't know, man. Yeah, I- I'll definitely check it out. It, it looks very interesting. Um, I got to tell you, some of the stuff that's being alleged, though, is that bestiality stuff. I mean, is pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, you know. I don't know. But five, ten years from now, you know, you hear something, love is love, and it'll be, you know, nobody will bat an eye, you know. <laughs> You know, you'd be looked at as ignorant if you don't like that kind of stuff. But that's me digressing. <laughs> but uh, what else came out this week? So, uh, oh, we had the Hall of Fame vote. Looks like the only person that got voted in was Big Poppy. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Mike? I know you're not a huge sports guy anymore, but. One person? Who gives a shit? That's going to be. It's 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 got to be like. it. It's got to kind of suck for Cooperstown because it's like. How quick is that ceremony going to be? I I can't take them seriously, to be honest with you. Or and and now, did the veterans the veterans didn't vote yet, right? Because no. the, the other veterans. So this is going to be more than just him then getting in. So what happens is they put the you have the nominees, you have the vote, which you just had, and then you get the the baseball writers um, association, and you get the committee that votes the veterans committee on people that are no longer eligible. Yeah, that's so in what five, so there's so in five be, ten years, yeah. you're going to have like these group of people, I guess, eligible to get eventually get in. Um, you'll probably get one or two extra people that'll be put in, you know, besides Ortiz yeah. this year. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. You're going to you're going to hear like some old guy like uh, Freddie uh, Morales, who played in like, you know, 1958 to 1962 and had some right. amazing career that you've never heard of. But. You know, so that's that's what I mean. Like the Veterans Committee, he's not going to be the only one. What do I? No, think probably about? not. But uh, here's my thing, man. The baseball writers have no power until it comes to this every year, and they love to wield this sword. Think about it. Jim Rice was shut out for how many years? One of the one of the greats. I'm not right. the greatest of all time, but he's one. And of the why? Greatest. And why? Because he was nasty to the press. He never got along with these guys. So and Bonds, too, when he was going through everything and I'm not shitting on Barry Bonds, there was a bunch of times he snapped at the press, too. So now they're like, fuck you. It's it, it, it's 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 our get back at you. 
Maguire, Maguire, Bonds, and Sosa are the three faces of it. Here's my thing. Look, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying. And look, I understand. And then, and, and then you just throw Clemens is collateral damage. He seemed like I mean, another guy did not have the uh, sunniest of dispositions either. It looked no, like. not at all. Not oh, at all. I think he uh, he was a very combative type guy. I, I don't think his personality was the best. I, I'm sure he probably rubbed people the wrong way in many different markets. But here's what I say to all that. I don't care if you're a good guy, bad guy. I don't care if you were lovey-dovey with the press or they hated your guts. Here's the deal, man. When you look back and you're going to make a judgment on someone's character and keep them out of this thing, you know, look, Ortiz did steroids, just like Manny Ramirez, just like Clemens, just like a lot of them. You know, my gut feeling is Piazza probably did it too, which kept him out for many years of the Hall of Fame. Eventually he got in. But here's the deal. You know, I'm not one to judge about, you know, the merits or not merits of steroids and their impact on career, you know, but here's, here's my thing. When you look at the people in, in the hall of fame, there are guys like Ty Cobb who's, who, who's in the hall of fame and Ty Cobb was a racist. Ty Cobb went into the stands and beat up a black man, I guess, just simply because the fact that he was black, you know, he had an argument. He looked at him. He was calling him all sorts of end bombs and stuff. He was a bad dude. He's in. And you know, maybe it's a different time, different period, but, you know, how, you know, how long ago what Chris that's you're talking 90 years ago, 80 years ago. Yeah. Look, I get it. I really do. I mean, it, know, it, it, Ruth it was a misogynist, yeah, you know, yeah, Ruth, yeah. Ruth slept with Lou Gehrig's wife. I mean, I, yeah. I read a biography about that. I don't know if you ever knew that, but, um, they put him in, you know, he's again, he's the greatest baseball player of all time. You know, to me, Barry Bonds is the greatest modern baseball player of all time. I mean, you, you you can't keep them out. You really can't. It just to me, it just kills the credibility um, of it all. I found it interesting. I don't want to beat it into death, but you know, I just I found it very hypocritical. I you know, <clears throat> well, very like I said, uh, these guys. This is their only wielding of power against these guys when they treat yeah. them like shit. So it's like, well, you treated me like shit for the twelve years when you played, and you know, now it's my time to get back at you. So. Like who's, but then you look at two, like some people that are in the hall of fame, you look at some of their numbers and you're like, why are you in the hall of fame? Uh, like, it's it, changed. It's changed throughout the years. I mean, you've got guys like, look, I'm a Yankee fan, a hardcore Yankee fan, but Mike Messina is a hall of famer. You know, I'm sure macho and maybe some others will weigh in on this, but I don't believe he's a hall of famer. You know, he never won, never won a world series. Didn't win 300 games. I don't even think he won a Cy Young award. If he did it, maybe one tops. Um, Good pitcher, you know, but yeah, I saw you know, Eddie. Here's just going back to you. You know, you talk. You know, your 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 theory for a second. Andy Pettit didn't get in. Andy Pettit was a really nice guy. Collateral you know? damage, um, though. He's still all these steroid guys are collateral damage. Maddie told me a, a, an interesting story about him one time. He said, uh, "Matt's our buddy from the Mac. Maybe one time we'll have him uh, on the show. Um, he runs a security business." Uh, Derek Jeet is one of his biggest um, cost, uh, clients, and Matt has been around the Yankees for many, many years. And he told me a story one time about Andy Pettit, where I believe Andy got caught cheating. And apparently the reason why he left the Yankees the first time was I believe the wife gave him, according to the sources, an ultimatum that said either you leave New York or we're getting a divorce. He's a very devout Christian guy, very quiet guy, very nice guy, Andy Pettit. But the rumor has it that that's why he left the Yankees. 
and um, went to the Astros for like 05 or 06. Then he came back towards the end of his career. I think he finished up with the Yanks. But the reality of it is his, his statistics are just as good, if not better, than Messina. Clutch guy. You know, allegations of steroids. But, you know, at the end of the day, Ortiz did him too. Hey, the net goes out. The net, Yeah, but Ortiz comes off where, all right, here, I'll, I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate. Sosa and Big Poppy, I'll put to the side for now. Bonds, Clemens, you're talking about Pettit and whoever else. Don't come off the way those two guys came off, especially Big Poppy. They came off as ambassadors of the game. Well, I don't think the other guys did. They kind of agree. They had, but a I very, looked at, I look at Sosa. Very, it's it's a very standoffish attitude. It seemed like these guys had their whole career. Where Big Poppy is coming out, hey, I love you guys. I love balls and blah 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 blah. And I I agree. And he got yeah, shot. I agree. And he got shot. So why not? Yeah. Why not put him in? Put him in. I I I think all of those names you name, it's it's, it's going to be down the road. Three, four, five years from now. It's it, it's going to be time heals all wounds. And even going back to your guy, our guy, Pete Rose. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what what it's been forty years. I mean, that guy is one of the greatest of all time. He is the gamblers in there. You've got wife beaters in there. You've got you know, drug users in there. I mean, Pete Rose can't be in for what? Because he bet on the game. Even that's you know kind of up in the air. You know, they can't really prove that he did. The, you know, bet uh, on his team. If you watch his, I don't think he bet. I don't think he ever bet on the Reds. I don't think he ever bet on his team at all. Do I think he bet on every other team? Absolutely. Do I think I he, do too? Do I think he? They said he was the type of guy he would bet on two cockroaches, you know, in the middle of the night. Here's the deal, Mike. I mean, whether he did or he didn't, I mean, they've embraced sports betting. You know, at this point, you've got guys yeah, like Willie Mays and, and and Mickey Mantle who you know were in Vegas for years promoting that you know the gambling lifestyle yeah. they're in. You know, granted, maybe they didn't bet on their team or, you know, other teams and didn't or maybe they did and they get, didn't get caught. But I just find it disingenuous. Shoeless Joe Jackson, 100 years ago, this here say that, you know, he really got lumped in with the rest of the team, that he really wasn't involved. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. I just think, you know, when you when you when you start becoming the arbitrator of character and stuff, I mean, you get, you go down a slippery, slippery slope. And, you know, a guy like me, I love baseball. I'm still really into it, more so than any other sport. The Hall of Fame with baseball carries a little bit of a different merit than, like, the NFL or the NBA. Um, I mean, there's discussions well, with who the greatest is in those sports. But it's to me, the the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame is a little bit different. Well, when they they always say that about the, the Baseball Hall of Fame is where they look at your character off the field as well. And I think that's what does a lot of those guys in, like that we just talked about. Um, yeah. the, the one thing I, I always hear about Pete Rose is when, you, you know, I've, I've heard so many interviews where someone says this, you know, when you walk into every clubhouse, there's a giant sign in the clubhouse that says absolutely no gambling. And that's what people say. Pete Rose saw that sign for 40 years that he was in baseball or whatever, or 30 years that he and was now in you baseball. go into the clubhouse and you see advertising for DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, and sports betting against the wall in the outfield, you know. I yeah. mean, so it's pretty wild. On a different note, for our story of people out there, we talked about this years uh, when we first started the show. When I got when I came on the show with Mike, where is Pete Rose? The story of Pete Rose. Yeah, Brian, if you're out there, can we do a little bit of investigative work? 
Can we find Pete? Can we get a can we get a whereabouts? Big Pat? Pat St. Patty? Can we get a whereabout? Maybe a, an inkling of if he's alive even at this point? Yeah, Patty St. Pat's has dropped the ball on this. I thought he was gonna be the the point man on it. I really thought he was gonna just have I thought he was gonna have it by Monday afternoon. Like this is where he is and this is what happened to him. Is he alive? I mean Yeah, that's all I think. I think that's like the big thing. Is this guy still because you got to think, how old do you think he'd be right now? Close to 70? Well, this guy, well, who we're talking about for the folks out there. We talked about this years ago, uh, again, last year. So Pete Rose was a guy who was maybe, I feel like he was like about 10 years older than me and Mike. And this guy was always riding a bike and he was always riding up and down our blocks in Astoria. Whenever we were playing ball, you know, football, touch football, tackle football, stick box whatever this guy would always show up and get involved and it was like super weird because he looked like pete rose and like he looked like a doppelganger of the guy yeah he's always wearing like some sort of like raiders jersey or like um larry bird jersey and he was just like a dead ringer for this guy pete rose and he was like he he was a a story a legend i mean he, he hung out everywhere he was like one of those people you know we had a guy god rest his soul birchman you know in in my fraternity that he was like one of these type of people's like a Birchman that would just pop up when you least expected it. You know, there was a party going on, you know, it's three in the morning and all of a sudden Birchman showed up. Same thing with Pete Rose. You know, you'd be playing football like, you know, down near Con Ed and boom, Pete Rose is there. Yeah. He, was, seven he, o'clock. Yeah. he would just show up. It was just so weird. You know, he he's drove like around. He had one of those old school 10 speeds where he put the, the handlebars backwards. You know, like he lifted up the handlebars <laughs> to look cool. And one of his other big claims to fame is he was the first guy I ever watched that would blow snot directly out of his nose. Like these moves, <laughs> he'd throw like the snot rockets out. But he very weird guy. You know what he would rock to? He would rock a Phillies jacket every now and again. Yes, yes. Because he wanted well, to. Well, it's be, funny he because he wanted, like wanted to look like him. Because Rose was playing with the Phillies at the time. Like in the early 80s, he was playing with the yeah, Phillies. Yeah. He was running around with the Phillies jacket. Right, right. I think he even had a jersey of the guy. Yeah. I'll put this out to the Astoria crowd out there that watches this. Number one, what are the whereabouts about Pete Rose? Number two, is Pete Rose the biggest Astoria icon from our generation? Or is there someone else that me and Michael are missing? So those are the two questions. Mm-hmm. It is up in the comments next week. When you have a chance and watch this and let us know. Number one, do you have any whereabouts about Pete? Number two, is he the biggest story icon of our generation? Let's go, Brian. Come on, man. You're on the clock. You know who's another guy you could throw in there? But he's, you know, not an Ike. Uh, he's more like a fixture. And I think he's still around every now and again. Remember the blind guy in front of the bank? Guy yeah, sure. Sing, that guy. There was two. There was a white guy and a black guy. And they yes. were like, they would like have days on and days off. No, I don't know what it was. Like they coordinated it. Yeah. Like they right. like you go today. I'll go tomorrow. And they'd be a blind guy in front of a bank just singing right where you get <laughs> off the train on Ditmars. Right. The last stop of the train. You get off. You walk down the old. What was it? Chase Bank. You'd walk right in front of Chase Bank. It would be either a tall white guy singing, blind white guy, or a tall black guy, blind black guy singing. And it was like, like, like I said, they coordinated. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> and they'd stand out there with a cup 
the guy would stand out there with a cup of radio and just sing every song on the radio. Dude, I'm sure everybody that listens to this who's not from Astoria probably has their own version of, you know, colorful characters that they grew up with. Astoria, for whatever reason, you know, I've lived in Smithtown for the last 20 plus years now. My family's still in Astoria. I know Mike lives, you know, in the Forest Hills area. I, I went to school with people from all over the state and all over the country. You always get, you know, stories of people that they grew up with and stuff and colorful characters. It just seems like there was a really disproportionate amount of people that we grew up with that were very colorful. Let's put it that way. And very interesting. So I'll leave it to the audience out there for next week. Throw it out there. Whereabouts of Pete Rose, the story of Pete Rose. And are we missing any cultural icons from Astoria circa 1975 to like 2020? And uh, we'll move on with that. Um... Cultural icon, I, I wouldn't call him a cultural icon, but Clark Gillies from the New York Islanders passed away last week. Um, the Islander dynasty, um, huge, huge part of the Islanders back in the 80s. You know, uh, 67 years old, I believe. I used to work with Bobby Nystrom back in the day in the insurance business. And um, I actually ran into Clark Gillies at the time as well. Interesting guy. Uh Seems a lot of guys uh, are going by the wayside. Somebody else passed away recently too, Mike. Um, seems like every day, you know, you read, you know, somebody famous or like we grew up with, you know, is kind of kicking the bucket. But part of your, yeah, it's like a part of your childhood. Yeah. Oh, you um, know what I just saw? Good. Holy shit! The other day, uh, this afternoon, it was in the New York Post. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, man. Uh, remember Bridget Fonda? Oh, yeah. Wow. What the hell happened there? Did you see that in the post today, too? I did. I did. Dude, I did. So, Br yeah. Bridget Fonda was like this in shapes felt type actress back in the early 90s. She was she was the hot chick in Jackie Brown. She was Samuel right. L. Jackson's girlfriend. Remember right. That just hung out on the couch smoking weed. Dude, she looks like she's about 350 pounds. Looks like she could be someone's grandmother. I mean, she's I'm, 58 years old, but still, I mean. I'm going to tweet the story out on a crack house pod whole like it, it was just one of those like she unrecognizable now and she's like she's almost 60 you know she's six but i mean even the face it doesn't even look anything like her i mean she's no look she looks like a completely different person like unrecognizable and here's the other thing i didn't know this she was married she's married to danny elfman the uh really yeah the oingo boingo one of the greatest composers you know scores all the tim burton's movies scored a whole bunch of other movies uh Rodney Dangerfield used to love him. He had him in Back to School, Dead Man's Party, probably their most famous song. Oh, I play that every Halloween. Huge. It's a dead man. He, he wrote the, the theme song to The Simpsons. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, he's done like a whole bunch. I know Tim Burton loves him. I think Tim Burton hires him for like every film. But he's also done a whole bunch of other stuff. And like... Uh, <laughs> Play this every Halloween, man. Great song. Dead Man's Party, man. Wasn't it in like um Back to School with Rodney? Back to School. And was it in um the vampire movie with uh Corey Haim? Oh, Lost Boys? The classic. But it was in Lost Boys too. It might have been. It might have been. Good tune, man. Good tune. But but yeah, she was like, she was one of those like unrecognized, like you couldn't believe it when you saw her. 
Dude, she, uh, I, I was taken back by that. She's literally got to be about 350 pounds. Look, I'm, I'm not here to fat shame anybody, you know, but look, I put weight on, we all put weight on, you know, you get older and yeah, stuff, yeah. but like, you would not recognize this woman. It's just like a completely different. You, human yeah. Being. You know what it is? Yeah. The way you see that picture, she's just in like a t-shirt and jeans. It's not like she's not done up and they have like the side by side comparison. Like I said, we'll, we'll tweet it out, but it was just a, it was just a real wow. moment cause she, they said too, in the article, like, She's been out of the spotlight. She hasn't done anything in like 12 years. She did the last thing she did was like a TV movie. And, you know, I mean, I, I think she's got she's raising kids. They said she was in like a bad car accident way back when. And she just wanted to, you know, heal up, get married and have a bunch of kids. I think she got three or four kids with Danny Elfman. And who cares? She got a whole bunch of money and <laughs> she can relax and do whatever the hell she wants anyway. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll tweet that story out. It was pretty, uh, it was just pretty, a, like, wow. pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. But there's like so many guys like, look at, remember, what's his face? He's, he's making a comeback now. Brendan Frazier. He Great. looks different too, man. You know, he's a guy who put on a whole bunch of weight. He started going bald and, but he's kind of like having this resurgence. He's on a TV show. Uh, I think he's in the new Batwoman, the Batgirl show that's coming on, uh, HBO done a couple of other things and he's you know people people are actually feeling bad for him because i think he went through like a real bad divorce and his wife i think took him to the you know bridget fonda going back to bridget fonda for a second she was an easy rider what is she like a little kid and yeah like on the hippie commune scene yeah or whatever i spoke to dennis hopper at one point he uh, was a client of the broker one of the brokerage firms that i worked for interesting guy I was asking yeah. for a wire transfer <laughs> Shooter. He, he's been dead a long time. Yeah, man. He was a nice guy. I mean, I spoke to yeah. him a couple times on the phone, but um, great in Hoosiers, easy rider. Good career. Good career. Oh, he's a guy. Yeah. He he ruined his. He ruined a lot of his career. They said with drug. You know, he became. He was a bad cokehead, I think, at one point, or pretty much anything. And yeah, uh, man. He has a. He has like a big gap in between movies, and it's all because of drugs and everything else. Like, what was it? Uh, Blue Velvet's his comeback. When he does that movie, Blue Velvet, you see his career. That's like 85, 86. His career takes off again. But he has like almost like a 10 year gap where he was, he was in huge in the late there. 60s, man. And like, he yeah, had, yeah. He had cool Hand Luke. He the had uh, Easy Rider. Yeah. He was True, on True Grid. I think he was in, right? Yeah. He was in a whole bunch of John Wayne movies. Yeah. John Wayne liked him for some reason. And I saw this was years ago. The old Bob Costas show. Remember the old Bob Costas show later? Yeah, absolutely. He had him. It's one of my favorite episodes. I, I used to love that show. I think it's one of the most underrated talk shows ever. I don't know where you can find, you can probably find it on YouTube, but he had Dennis Hopper on and Dennis Hopper was talking about how he goes, for some reason, John Wayne liked me and he would cast me in these movies. He knew, I think at the time he goes, I was just married and I was having a kid and I needed money. And he, John Wayne knew about this and he started casting me, you know, a line here in a movie, a line there in the movie. But he, he goes, he didn't like the way I acted. I was a very method actor and John Wayne isn't. And he goes, other people would come up to me and say, stop the method shit. The Duke don't <laughs> like that. The Duke doesn't like the method shit. So stop. Well, listen here, Pilgrim. Yeah. John Wayne, another guy, weirdo, kind of. Leslie. Yeah. Real name, Leslie. 
Is it Leslie or Marion? I believe it's Leslie Marion. Uh, let me double check. He's a double weird name guy. Yeah, I believe so. I, I like John Wayne. Marion Robert Morrison. Marion. That was his first name. Supposedly ha- hated horses. Did not like riding horses. And he made his career off of basically making westerns. Love the Duke. Love the Duke. You know what I was watching last night as well, Mike? Uh, just going back to like, uh, I guess, Dennis Hopkins, even Bridget Fonda. I'll ask you this. I saw something. I saw a music documentary called 1971. And basically just, it's a period piece. And it goes into like how influential 1971 was in terms of music, in terms of cultural influence on society today. Talks about Kent State. It talks about, you know, uh, the beginning of John Lennon's solo career uh, with him and Yoko. Imagine was written that year. Really interesting show. And then I saw something prior to that on Twitter asking, what was the most influential year, single year, in terms of music? Was it 1971? Was it 1969? Was it 1991? Or something different? See... I'll say, I mean, just because it's our wheelhouse, 91. That's where I went to. I mean, it's a whole different genre of music. A whole different genre of music is ushered in in 1991. The first right. time you hear Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio, you're like, what? what is this? You had that. You had Pearl Jam, which kind of piggybacked them. You had yeah. R.E.M.'s Out of Town, Losing My Religion. You had Red, uh, Red Hot Chili's Peppers album with all those hits. Uh, Blood, Sex, Magic. Um, there were a ton of other things that came out that year as well. Um, 69 is pretty big. I mean, you had huge cultural, cultural things like Woodstock that year. Um, it was a pretty interesting show. It's uh, The only problem with 1971 is it's on Apple TV. So if you don't have Apple TV, it's a hard watch. But um, if you have access to that channel you know, or that app, I would definitely check it out. It was really, really cool. Give a lot of insight about that Kent State riot, you know, that ended up with those eight eight kids, you know, being shot by the National Guardsmen. Went into like, um, went into Yoko and and John Lennon, you know, like there's, you know, goes into like his whole dossier about how the FBI was really trying to get him deported for his role in the anti-war movement. Um, it, you know, you, you saw like, was the year Jim Morrison passed away in July, July 3rd of 1971. I believe Jimi Hendrix passed away that year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, it talked about the late 60s. Um, really, really interesting documentary. But I think the bigger question was, like, I, I found to be pretty interesting was, what's the most important and influential year in music? You know, a single year, you know, not a time period. You know, I'm sure, like, maybe you could go back to the 50s and kind of, you know, get into that rabbit hole for a second with... I guess the debut of Elvis and maybe some other, you know, people like Chuck Berry and stuff. You yeah, kinda... the day, yeah, you could go back to the 50s, the debut of Motown, right? The day the, the music whole... died, right? 1959, right? Yeah. You know, with uh, the big bopper and uh, uh, Richie Valens and stuff. Uh, Buddy Holly, right? I think um, go to go to like the mid 70s and disco. There's a whole, a whole right. other genre of music ushered in. I mean, yeah, I mean, 1977, you know, the disco era, I mean, 76, the punk era, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, 
Is there a year in like modern times, you know, that you would isolate other than 1991? SoundCloud. Last 30 years? SoundCloud rapping? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, but all right. Rap music changes. You, you 1986 have, was pretty big, you know, in terms of genre and music. All right. You, all right, you have, yeah, you have rap and, you know, all right, you have run DMC and Aerosmith. Yeah, what what right? I'm saying, okay, you have walked this way in '86, and then does that usher in bands like Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, all of those guys? It influences. All it opens up a ton of stuff. Okay, you have that, but like I'm saying now, like current, the last twenty years of rap are totally different from rap from when we listened to it in the early '90s, where rap was more of you could understand the rap i listen to rap songs now where you can't understand anything well rap changed no with the the advent of nwa you know when nwa and and gangster rap came out in the late 80s i'm not no no no. i'm not i'm saying the actual style of rap itself oh well in the sense of like that yeah yeah i know what you talk about like the the baby baby, right yeah all that soundcloud like mumble type of rap that's That's more southern type stuff I, i know what you're talking about but no, you know, I, 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 that I don't like to listen. I'll listen to the old school stuff, but this stuff. Yeah. I, I really don't, I don't even listen to like new type of whatever you want to call rock and roll. Now. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what those bands are. I think rock you, and roll is in a lot of trouble, man. I really do. I mean, there's not many acts that I really follow at least new acts. I like Coldplay to an extent, imagine dragons, you know, some of them are okay, but you know, like you talked about before, I don't think there's any real, real acts out there there are groundbreaking stuff you know like um you know i gotta listen to it i gotta i gotta get the new download i gotta get the new album out yeah yeah you know it's just it's not there right now it's not there right now i'll tell you just going back to a step i think 1999 was pretty important too you had woodstock 99 you had the advent of napster how we descend you know how we get music you know up until that point you know it was either a a, a track tape or then it went into the uh the mini records and then the regular records and then the CDs and then it well, moved then, into the digital world. Yeah. That's, that's like, then you could say what year did iTunes come out? And it's about that. 0102. So the advent they, of the iPod. Yeah, yeah. There you go with that. The advent of the iPod. Now, like no one, you never have to buy an album again and you can get any music you want on your phone or divide whatever you want to listen to. So Check it out, folks. I mean, if you have a chance and you're into music, I was a really good, even if you're not into music, you know, from a cultural standpoint, 71 definitely had a lot of similarities to 2020, social unrest, civil unrest. That Kent State thing was pretty, I mean, I, I was always aware of it. I knew what happened, but they go into a lot of details. I don't know if you ever knew the story about that, Mike, but it, apparently, I guess, there was some sort of counterculture protest at Kent State. Yeah, it was a counterculture, the yeah, they- they sent in the National Guard. They killed. And apparently, like, you know, the National Guard, you know, told them to stand down. And I guess what happened was they started retreating over this hill and these kids started following them. And there's kind of like a dispute whether or not they opened fire on them or they felt that they were being threatened. I guess they were getting pelted with rocks and stuff as they were going up the hill. And they felt like at some point they were going to be over overpowered. The other side says it's all bullshit that they just opened fire into the crowd and started firing indiscriminately for about 60 seconds. But, um, you know, pretty wild stuff, man. You know, I mean, we, we saw it two years ago uh, on a different level, you know, with, you know, with the Floyd stuff. 
But um, if you got a chance, check it out. I thought it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Um, another thing I found was pretty interesting was it looks like the Fresh Prince is getting rebooted. We talked about this off air. I watched the trailer for it, and I'm really not sold on it. I could. It's one of those two. It's like I could. I already watched. We already went through the original. It's like, what is this really going to this is going to be all right. It's another. All right. It's a young teenage kid. Like, I don't identify really with young teenage kids anymore. You know, it's like this. This is a show totally not in our wheelhouse in the sense of like, we're just too old for it. I, I, I saw we are, I, but, you know, I again, watched, I'm aware of like what my kids watch and stuff. So I probably check it out. Somehow I came across it like in an advertisement. It looked pretty interesting. Obviously, I was a fan of the original show. Yeah, that's this looks like saying. it's a little bit more serious and a little bit more exactly. less goofy. Listen, you know, I, I think this is going to have a lot of more, a lot more social issues. Way oh, more, absolutely. Way more social issues going on. It looks like, you know, in the original, it just seemed, you know, in the song. It looks like he just got into a little trouble, like goofing around, hanging out with the wrong guys. Yeah, this is like you watch the trailer and his guns, the cops, everything else. And it's like, yo, man, yo, like, like it looks like he went to Bel Air to hide out. Like it, it looks, looks like, like um, people after him. Like it kind of reminded me of 21 Jump Street, the original 21 Jump Street a little bit. Why is he a cop in this? No, but like that gritty, like, you know, kind of kids like really get into like bad trouble. You know, that kind of that kind of thing. Well, it looks like it, it also looks like they're crossing it over like with that show Euphoria. Yeah, I don't know if you watch that. That show is haven't. It's disturbing as as fuck to watch that show. It's just <laughs> it's just teenage kids doing drugs and having sex. That's what the entire show is. Yeah, I don't know what the storyline is, but it's just like they all get high. I think some of the where girls, is, where is it being streamed like on Hulu or it's Netflix on HBO. It's on uh, HBO. HBO Max. And uh, yeah, it's just a real disturb. Like if you have teenage kids, it's a disturbing show to watch. You're like, is this what they do when they leave the house now? Like we're all just doing ecstasy and having sex. Uh, we bought Playboys years ago. That's what these kids do. They go onto websites and they go onto streaming services and they watch demented stuff real time. You know, just technology. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, it, it, very just. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know. I'll probably watch it. I'll give it a couple of episodes, but I don't see the uh, I don't see me in like not just like enjoying it. Like, all right. It, it's it looks like a show made for teenagers. I'm not I don't think I'm going to enjoy it that much. Yeah, I mean, listen, you get it. you get older and, you know, you kind of lose touch with, you know, certain shows, you know, they're not in your wheelhouse. Like you said, you know, if it's interesting, I'll check it but, out. But I'm also you know? saying too, Chris is all right. Where did, did was anyone clamoring for a reboot of, of that show? Was anyone going like, oh, man, I, I really wish they would redo the Fresh Prince. Because no, every- but I, I, I do think that it's kind of like what we talked about last week where you get nostalgia. You know, you got the Boba Fett series. You got Cobra Kai. You know, um, you had 21 Jump Street, right? They had those two movies with, uh, uh, what's his face, Fat Jonah Hill and um, Tatum, Tatum, you know, which yeah. were wildly successful. You know, now he's skinny Jonah Hill, you know, I mean, but those shows, uh, you know. I love 21 Jump Street. I thought back in the day, I mean, but who really was clamoring for a reboot of that? I mean, yeah, but they did that in a goof that mm-hmm. that whole movie's a goof. This is like serious. This is like, oh, they, absolutely. They're following like whatever the canon you want to call the original somehow. 
But I mean, like, you know, you love the old original characters too, man. Like Uncle Phil's dead. The original guy that played Uncle Phil is dead. Yeah. You see this guy, he's like a skinny guy. Did you ever hear a story where like, uh, wasn't Uncle Phil like in a baseball stadium and somebody said something off color to him, you know, something like sit down or something. And there's an urban story where like he, he, he got into it with somebody like at a baseball stadium years ago before he passed away. Uncle Phil. I Uh, never heard that one. Yeah. We'll look it up. Maybe if we find it, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> he looked like a big dude, man. Uncle Phil looked like a big mo- cuz Will Smith Remind me of Suge Knight, dude. Yeah. That's what he reminded me of. Yeah. He's, He's like a big Sh- guy, uh, Uncle Suge Suge Knight with a law degree. <laughs> Here comes the judge, man. It's Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil was no joke. Oh, he was a big dude, man. You didn't want to mess around with Uncle Phil. But yeah, it's like the way who's they the, who, Who's more who is more intimidating, him or James from Good Times? Mm. James from Good Times is no joke. Jay, that motherfucker was in the projects. He will. Fuck <laughs> he was shit. no joke. He going in shit. with the with the drug dealers, dude. Take that pool stick and crack it over your head. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I might have to go James because that was like the seventies, man. That guy. James is him. no joke, man. I think I go. I think I go James too, man. There's a whole story. He did not like Norman Lear at all. Really? When they were doing, I watched a show, and he was interviewed. <clears throat> the whole deal was this. He was basically being sold as you're going to be the black Archie Bunker. Mm. Oh, good times. Here's what happened. Who became the, the breakout star of the show was Kid Dynamite. JJ, JJ Kid yeah. Dino. So the show went from being the show was originally supposed to be like really tackle social issues. Exactly. Right. Like, the, like the way all in the family was. And it went the whole other way. And it got, it just became a comedy and kid dynamite and he got pit. That's why he got written out of the show. He basically told like Norman Lear, like this is, this isn't what I signed up for, you know, go fuck yourself. I could see it. I could see it. James had a good career, man. He uh, coming to America, you know, good times. Die hard to die hard too. Right. Uh, been a whole bunch of TV. He was in that uncut gems. Yeah. He's got yeah. that, that's that little like cameo. He plays himself. Yo, can my kid use your bathroom? No. And slams the door. <laughs> Who was that Dude, he's a good actor, man. I like James. Man. Yeah. And I'll go with James over Uncle Phil any day. I think I think uh, the Chicago projects in 1970s a mm-hmm. little bit tougher than yeah. L.A. in uh, the late 80s. Although, you know what? Uh, you're listen, you're, you're 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 former law enforcement. What do you give the edge? Rougher neighborhood. 70s Chicago or late 80s. L.A. And that, you know, listen, L.A., I've been to L.A. Yeah, but and L.A. Look, is but, not all palm trees. Oh, no, I've driven through South Central. Right. Yeah. Compton's no joke. But I mean, they're also they were also in Bel Air. So Uncle True. Phil, Uncle Phil, I give Uncle Phil all his props in the world, but he was a little removed at the end. You know, he, <laughs> he, hey, man, he did. The guy, Uncle Phil did very well for himself. But James, James was in the shit. The entire time, <laughs> motherfucker was a survivor. <laughs> or was it? Uh, was it a rougher neighborhood in the Warriors? Uh, I, you know, everyone romanticizes the Warriors, and then, then you watch it now, and it's almost it gets cartoony. It does, <laughs> dude. In the seventies, there was no gangs running around dressed like mimes in baseball uniforms. Let me ask you a question. Was I put this up on Twitter and Macho responded to it. The woman, 
she was in Lean on Me, and she was also in The Warriors. Lynn Thigpen, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the the radio. She does. She's the radio voice throughout right. the whole thing. Yeah. Was she in Good Times? She was probably on it. Dude, I don't she know. Was was, she was nasty. That woman. She, tough. She was probably on an episode or two. She died like just recently. I think no, she's like, been oh, dead what? for a while. She's been dead for was about it, twenty years. Yeah. She had. She was also Carmen San Diego. Yes. She was. She was like the announcer for that show. But uh, yeah, the, those gangs were like so dumb. Like there was a whole gang on roller skates. Come on. <laughs> the baseball furies. Yeah, the furies. It was just kind of like there's a on. guy I goof on. He does like a podcast or like a, a YouTube for like uh, sports betting DFS. And he looks like Luther from the Warriors. <laughs> and uh, like literally like if, if he had long hair, the kid would be it, it looks like he could be his grandson. I think the guy's name is David Patrick Kelly, who played Luther. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who did he play in uh, 48 Hours? He was in 48 Hours, no, too. No, he was Luther in 48 Hours. And what was his, the name of the character in The Warriors? War no, because, no, he kills Cyrus. What I think his name was, uh, I think he was Luther in The Warriors. I, and that, now I got to IMBD this guy. I don't know. Um, let's see. It could have been. Dude, he was great, man. He was great in both movies. Yeah, you know, for those, in, he's always in like you know. He just pops. He was good in uh, what was it? John Wick. Was he in? Oh, you know, he was in. He was in Frequency. He was the bad cop in Frequency yeah, with uh, Dennis always, Quaid. He's oh, like he's shown up in so many. He's another guy. He's got like a ninety-year movie career. Dude, he's been around for four decades minimum. Dude, he was Sully in fucking Commando. He dropped him off the cliff. <laughs> yes, he was in Commando. He was in uh, Dreamscape. Remember that movie in the early 80s? He's Luther. Yeah, he's Luther in The Warriors. He's Luther in 48 Hours, too. Yeah. That could have been an inside joke, too. Yeah, right, maybe it was a... You, we're going to call you Luther again. I think it's the same. Is it the same? Well, let me see. That might be the same... When was the Same movie? director? Yeah, I'm trying to think who directed the Warriors. Warriors, come out and play. <laughs> uh, where the hell is it? How good is the ending song from the Warriors? The Eagles song? Oh, yeah. Where the hell? Let's see if I. Warriors come out and yeah. play. Yeah, it's the same director, Walter Hill. That's why. It, oh, you know, Walter Hill, yeah. I think also did a very one of my all time favorites. It's a cult classic called Streets of Fire. Yes. With William Defoe and yeah. Michael Pere and a young Diane Lane. Oh, he's done a whole bunch of movies with Luther. Last Man Standing, I remember Luther was in that. He wrote the screenplay to Alien 3. Walter Hill has been around for a while, dude. He wrote a whole bunch of stuff, too. He wrote, like, a lot of big movies. He wrote Red Heat. With, uh, remember Belushi and Schwarzenegger? Oh, yes, yes. That was big, too, back in the day. 
Walter Hill is a very, very talented guy, man. Still alive. Is he? Long Beach, California guy. Ba, 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 ba. 1942 he was born. So is he 80? 80. Walter Hill 80 is... 80 years old, man. 80 wow. years God bless young. him. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of great movies, Walter Hill. 48 Hours, great movie. Love that movie. Phenomenal, dude. What's Phenomenal. Happening? What's happening, Luther? <laughs> Reggie, right? Reggie Hammond. Reggie Hammond. Uh, all right. Oh, man. The old clock on the wall. All right. Time flies it, when you're having fun, Miguel. Time flies, Luther. It's like we've been doing this for 48 hours. Ah! <laughs> um, all right. Uh, plug away and we'll get out of here. You got it. We'll end up on In the City by the Eagles. This was the end of the, the Warriors for those out there. We'll play it out real low so we don't get censored here. I got Jay Cristiano, Cardinal Financial. Uh, please reach out to him for refinances and purchases. Uh, you can reach him out at, uh, let's see, Jay's number is... Right, we'll move on for a second. Oh, here it is, 844-442-7334. Uh, use the promo code 4215. I got a new one this week. My buddy Vlad Frederiks, uh, Bistro in, in the Bronx. Vlad uh, has got a spot called Inanine Bistro on 53 Bruckner Boulevard. If you're into good wings and uh, good soul food, check Vlad's place out in the Bronx. We got our buddy Mike Power, Celtic Monkey down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Mike, Mike hopefully we'll get you on the show soon. Uh, we got Piazza Pizzas in uh, Rye, New York. My buddy Eugene's Pizzeria Place. It's 914-921-4444. We got Chris, DJ Chris Clash, me, for your DJ and music needs. Uh, www.chrisclash.com. And lastly, we got Tommy Devitt's Mad Donkey on 36th Avenue, Story of Queens, New York. And then Five Star Shopping by Tommy, 917-559-8264. Take us out, Mike. All right, I got my usuals. Uh, Pat Dixon at New York City Crime Report and Compound Media. You can check him out. Uh, Jack at I Can Paint. He's got a whole bunch of stuff up on Instagram for sale. Really good stuff. Um, uh, Probmatic on Twitch. Uh, that's about it. Check me out. I should have maybe one or two dates coming up at the end of the month. Um, other than that, we will see you next week. Be safe. Uh, don't get snowed in, everybody. Well, 24 inches out here, bro. I'm uh, not looking forward to shoveling this stuff tomorrow. Be safe, everybody. Continue to hit the like and subscribe button. We appreciate you all. See you next week. Bye-bye.